Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. And continuing with our Gifts for the Soul series of 2023. This is a long-standing tradition we did for years over the decades here at News for the Soul, and it kind of got forgotten about. So we're dusting it off and bringing it back because it was important and popular and uh, about life-changing gifts. You know, um, when we gift-give, we sort of go into autopilot, you know, get out of the heart and get into the mall and, you know, just do whatever. And uh, it's to really encourage us to think and be more conscious about this time of year and make it stand for something and and use it as an opportunity to make a difference. Uh, The challenge is to make every gift you give a potentially life-changing gift and to offer some choices for that. We provide gifts for the soul radio series. So our next gift for the soul is Sandra, let me premise premise this with the intro. She is the current host. Some of you already know her. Sandra Jones Keller is the host of Conscious Parenting, which has become a a really cool show, a very important topic for parents with kids of any age. Um, And she just brought the whole family on there and and has been doing this show on Fridays, and it's amazing. She has a gift the soul to tell you about. Welcome, Sandra. Oh, thank you so much, Nicole, for including me in this most important gift giving. It is important, and I, it's such an exciting series because once you have you get the flow going, and you've got all these amazing opportunities that take you to a whole new level. Uh, what is your mm-hmm. gift for the soul? So my gift for the soul is I am a conscious parenting coach and an author. So my gift for the soul, I've got two books that fit in perfectly with what I talk about on my conscious parenting show. One is Tips and Trips of Parenting a New Age Kid, and the other book is 21 Lessons to Empower the New Age Kid. And both of these books would make amazing gifts for those parents that are on a conscious path and want to align with their higher parenting, with being in agreement and alignment with what they have come to do as a parent and to honor their kids. And so both Mm -hmm. of these books um, really foster a different way of being with our children. Love it. And uh, something the kids could buy for mom and dad, too. (laughs) I love that. Oh, my gosh. You know, absolutely, because they're called uh, 21 Lessons to Empower the New Age Kid and Tips and Trips of Parenting a New Age Kid, and they really go hand in hand. Uh, The the, uh, Tips and Trips is a series of personal essays of my family and how we've dealt with certain issues. And it's great because it's uh, it's not a how-to book, but you definitely walk away with tools to foster more peace, more joy, uh, reduce anxiety and stress and parenting and those power struggles, and to really get back into the joy of parenting. 
And this book is divided into five sections, and it even has before birth stories. So you can look from zero to three, mm. from four to seven, from eight to 11, and 12 to 15. And some of the topics that are covered are tantrums and bedtime struggles and eating and self-regulation and some alternatives to corporal punishment. And there's a lot in there about homeschooling because we have homeschooled our daughter from the very beginning. And so this is a fun approach to parenting. You definitely walk away with creative solutions to some of the things that you deal with as a parent. And these are like tried and tested through your family, all of the methods in the books, correct? Absolutely. All of the stories are um, recreated from actual incidents that occurred with my family. And what's great is that a lot of the stories actually have dialogue. So you get to be immersed in my family and how we work through an issue. And so you kind of like a fly on the wall. You get to be there watching how we navigate things that come up in parenting. You know, and I really love this book because it it gives parents permission not to be perfect and to start laughing Mm. at themselves and to, like, learn to apologize if necessary. You know, we're all doing the best that we can, and we're not perfect. And, you know, if we can learn to laugh at ourselves and to just give ourselves permission, like, wow, that you know, maybe I could have handled that better, and then just, you know, make a correction and vow to handle it better next time. But this book just shows you how on our journey we've had to apologize. Uh, we've kind of, it's called tips and trips because we've had some trips, you know, over the years. And so it's just a fun way to explore parenting. And it just brings some very creative solutions to just like everyday problems. Love it. Love it a lot. So you started this really as you, well, as you said before, uh, giving birth. And it was your intention the whole way through to um, be a conscious parent. Um, so mm-hmm. is this is that how long it took you to put this book together, those years? Yes, it actually did. I mean, let's see, it goes up until my daughter is 15 years old. She's 17 now. But I was gathering stories for that whole time, and I started, you know, writing it and putting it together as a book. And I was compelled to do that because, you know, these kids that are coming through are very different from previous generations. They're more Mm -hmm. aware. They're more connected to their higher selves. Some of them have psychic abilities. Some of them have healing abilities. And so you can't just use old parenting paradigms that have been used, you know, from our ancestors. So that doesn't work. And so my husband and I have used the same tools and techniques that we use in our marriage in our parenting. And, you know, I say conscious parenting because it's really parenting in a way that respects and honors your children as intelligent, conscious beings with their own life purpose. You know, so these these kids are not coming here for our benefit and pleasure. They, these spirits have their own purposes and agendas for life, and they're coming to do great things. And the last thing we want to do as parents is stand in their way by projecting our own fears, limitations, and judgments onto them. And so my books 
help parents align with all of this new energy that's on the planet, that's coming into the planet, so that we can be more in tune and aware of what we're doing as parents and not just following old paradigms because that's what our parents did and that's what their parents did. Like, it's time to move out of that. And so my books are helping, supporting parents and moving out of those old parenting paradigms. And they're all very personal. And so when, and they can be used as a family book because the Tips and Trips has original illustrations done by my husband, and they're amazing, and it also has pictures. And so it's a family book where even young kids can participate and read the stories and understand the stories, and they can watch Mecca grow. And you can, like, look at some of her expressions and, like, ooh, I think Mecca's mad there, or, wow, what's going on there? And so it's a multi-sensory book. You're reading it. You're looking at pictures. You're looking at illustrations. And there's also some um, icebreaker questions in it. And so it's a it's a gentle parenting book. <laughs> <laughs> but conscious, and I love it. And, you know, uh, talking about a life-changing gift, this potentially could change the lives of the parents, the kids, and all the generations to follow. So yeah. how's that for life-changing? Love it. Absolutely. So um, we tell them how they can buy it. It's available on Amazon. Both of these books, 21 Lessons to Empower the New Age Kid and Tips and Trips of Parenting a New Age Kid, are both available on Amazon. And they're, you can get them in an ebook or at a, in a soft cover. So if you get the ebook, you can have it right away. You can start using the tools and the principles. And if you want to get the soft cover of the um, book, you can get that. And you can use it like at family dinner time or as your morning mindfulness lessons. You can read a story and you guys can talk about it as a family. And like I said, it's it's humorous. It brings humor and creativity to parenting. And so they're both available through Amazon. My name is Sandra Jones-Keller. And you can go to my website, sandrajoneskeller.com, and they're both listed on that. And, you know, I love these books because if a parent were to use the tips and trips and then also use the 21 Lessons to Empower the New Age Kid, and that's a series of conversations. And so they go hand in hand where you're having these family conversations and then you move into these lessons, and they're like mindfulness lessons. And I talk about grounding, like how to ground and bring your energy back affirmations, you know, teaching kids and parents, like you're always using affirmations. You're always affirming what you want in your life. You just have to start looking at your thoughts. I do lessons on beliefs, how your subconscious and unconscious beliefs create your life. My One of my favorite is blame versus responsibility, where I'm really talking to the parents and the kids about the importance of responsibility because that's where you can create. When you're in a state of, you have no power. And so it's from uh, the place of being responsible that you actually create and generate and be a contribution to humanity. And so the 21 Lessons book, they're short, they're meant to be done in 15 to 20 minutes, and they're conversations. And so they have facilitator notes. So even if you're not familiar with any of these terms, 
you can just follow. You can read it as is, or you can paraphrase. All right. I love it. Um, it's very life-changing, a perfect gift to suggest for kids to buy for mom and dad, or anyone knows yeah. any parents, especially new parents. But parents of any age, of kids of any age, it's perfect. I love it. Thank you, Sandra. We're loving your show, and we love this gift for the soul. Thank you for participating in our series this year. Thank you so much for including me. Sandra's books are available on Amazon. All the notes will be by the show link here at newsforthesoul.com. And we're back with more in a little bit. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Welcome to News for the Soul. This is Daniel Brinkley. This is Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. From the heart of Vancouver, what a great place to bring news for the soul. I know, isn't it perfect? I remember that movie did, so Christopher Walken. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it was like that for real. I think reasonably accurate, too, honey. Oh, that's an understatement, honey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody, take a deep breath. We come, we know that we choose to come to this world, and we're chosen to come to this world, and we've come for breath. We breathe. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. And we are back. Yay, I'm Nicole Marie Whitney, and this is still News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. And definitely, I think we've got that covered for the next hour. (laughs) I am going to be interviewing Annie Kagan, and hopefully I'm saying that right. When her brother, Billy, died unexpectedly and began speaking to her from the afterlife, well, that's where we're going to start. We're going to find out what she, uh, her response to that was <laughs> and the story that ensued. Annie, I'm so excited to finally talk to you live on News for the Soul. How are you? I'm terrific. How are you? Also terrific. Really glad that last retrograde is done. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Mm. Yeah, it was something, wasn't it? <laughs> So, but we're here now, and this is the main thing, and I am so excited about your story. When I was uh, reading the little teaser blurbs online, I'm like, I have to know everything. So I'm really excited that you're here, <laughs> and I can pick your brain and, and uh, start at the beginning. So let us start at the very beginning, where, um, you know, tell us what, about your brother and your relationship with your brother before he passed. Well, my brother was my older brother. And all of our lives, he was known as the bad boy, and I was the good girl, which is why the subtitle of the book is 
how my bad boy brother proved to me there's life after death. And when I say bad boy, I mean it uh, a little bit tongue-in-cheek because, of course, to me, Billy was always somewhat of a glamorous figure because he was very charismatic and very handsome. And although he definitely had a romance and a problem with addiction for much of his life, he was a very loving, very a fun person who enjoyed life probably a lot more than I did, even though I was the good girl who played by the rules. And so that's why I call him kind of my bad boy brother. And those two titles, bad boy and good girl, kind of got in the way of our relationship when he was alive because I think it created a lot of envy on his part. And... um now that he's on the other side, he's kind of making up for lost time. <laughs> so were you close in life at all? I would say yes and no. Um, I pretty much adored him and really wanted his love. But again, because I was the better student and got more attention um, in certain ways, I became a doctor and, you know, he went to jail. So there was this very, um, there was kind of a boundary between us in that, in that regard. So I would say mm. that, you know, he, while we were alive, for a lot of the time, he, he kind of resented me. And what's really interesting for me is after having written this book, many people have contacted me who kind of have had a bad boy brother and sister. And so that's one element here that, that's kind of interesting. And I don't think it's been spoken about too often either. Interesting. What about as far as the your own awareness, consciousness levels? Had you had, uh, I hate the word paranormal sometimes, but sometimes it's the only word that kind of sums it up. Uh, you know, experiences beyond what we were originally told was reality prior to any of this stuff going on. I think even as a little girl, as a teenager, I was kind of a seeker. I always felt like there was more going on to life than met the eye, and I was always interested in, in quantum physics when I got older, and I think one of the important things was that, was that um, I was a very, very serious meditator, and that came as a surprise to me because I was a chiropractor, and Really, I took up meditation because I wanted to strengthen myself to make it easier to work with people who are in pain. People don't realize that, that it, it's very stressful to work with people who are, who are sick. And so I really meditated uh, to strengthen myself, but the opposite happened in a way where I became actually a lot more sensitive and... I, I began meditating to my surprise for two to three hours every day. And then I just loved meditating so much that I actually left New York City, sold my practice, left my life, 
and uh, really wanted to be alone and was seeking solitude and meditating a lot. And I, and I think that that's the closest I could I could answer that question with that. I became a very, very serious meditator, focusing a lot on on the light and the inner inner sounds. Hmm. Oh, definitely, definitely on makes sense. You know, retro, uh, retroactively as far as what happened. So, when did um, your brother pass? Billy died in two thousand five. And he contacted me for the first time three weeks after that. Three weeks. How did he pass, if you don't mind me asking? Of course not. He was, um, in the last years of his life, Nicole, he was overcome by his addictions. And it was Mm. the middle of the night. And he ran onto a highway in the middle of the night, and he got hit by a car and was killed instantly. So, of course, I was wow. I was very grief-stricken when I got the news and pretty much could barely get out of bed for a couple of weeks. And to my shock and surprise... I was waking up one morning and I actually heard him call my name from above me like his he had a very distinctive voice and he's like Annie Annie get up it's me and of course I thought I was sleeping so I said oh my god I'm dreaming because Billy's dead and he's like no no open your eyes get up and then he was still speaking to me so I got a notebook as he instructed me to do and I started recording what he was saying and also as he was speaking and describing this beautiful magnificent universe that he was flowing through with with divine higher beings tending to him the beautiful beautiful atmosphere of where he was flowed into me and now instead of feeling totally grief stricken I felt quite euphoric wow okay so you audibly with with uh, I mean you literally heard him I literally heard him and I heard him at that time I heard him outside of my head it wasn't telepathic as many people describe But later on, as he got further away, deeper into the afterlife, the way that I heard him changed. So sometimes I would, like, see a light in the room, and then I would really focus on it, and then I could hear him, so it was like turning on a radio. So the frequency changed as he changed. So his initial communication the audible audio communication i mean what was your reaction first of all (laughs) well people always ask me weren't you scared and the truth is it was so comforting that while he was speaking to me i wasn't scared at all but then when he left I would say that I was extremely skeptical and I thought that somehow my imagination or my mind had created 
this experience. I don't know how. I don't know how you go crazy all of a sudden. But, you know, that somehow my grief had driven me crazy and I was imagining things. And um, I'm always, I've always been a very, very skeptical person, actually. And I think that he he very much knew that I was doubting him. And so on his second visit, he promised that he would prove to me that it wasn't just my imagination and that he was really speaking to me from another level. And he did. Over and over again, he gave me proof that I just couldn't ignore after some time. And I came to believe that I was really having this very amazing experience. So what kind of proof? Yeah, he gave me what's called evidentiary after-death communications, which means he provided me with information that I didn't know, which turned out to be true each time. So the first example was I was in my kitchen, and he said to me that he wanted me to find his car because there were things in his car that he wanted me to have. And um, I didn't even know that he had a car. So he told me to look in his wallet, and when I looked in his wallet, I looked through his business cards, and I found a card from a Mercedes dealer. And when I found that card, he said, that's it, bingo. And when I called the number on the card, it turned out that the dealer did have Billy's car. So either I had suddenly become psychic or Billy was really talking to me. And those kind of incidents continued. Wow. I mean, that's really specific. Oh, yeah. And actually, it goes on and on until he actually helped to save someone's life and also turned around someone else's life completely. I don't want to spoil the story, but um, the proofs just intensified until I had I had no no doubt that Billy was was really talking to me. And and what was really wonderful is that if Billy is really talking to me, that means that we all go on. The message behind it is that we really are divine, eternal beings. Wow. Um, so walk us through, let's back up to the first time you suddenly, you know, your your deceased brother is having a chat <laughs> and you're not scared. What is he telling you that first visit? Well, the very first thing he did was he he assured me that he was in that he was fine, that he wasn't in pain because, of course, you know, when somebody dies a violent death, like being hit by a car, you worry about them. And he assured me that as soon as the car hit him, he wasn't in pain. And, in fact, all the pain of his entire lifetime was healed in that moment and that he went up a beautiful chamber of silvery lights and that he was flowing through a divine universe. And in his bad boy way, he said, you know, death isn't really as serious as we think it is. It's really enjoyable. In fact, it couldn't be better. 
And then he assured me that we would definitely be meeting again. Has the contact always been audio? Have you ever seen him? I have. There was a certain point. At the beginning, I didn't see him at all. And then he he was changing form. He became kind of formless. And he went away for a while. And then he told me that he got a new body. He got a body made of light. And after he he had his new body... I was surprised to go outside one day and to be able to actually see him. But that was only a few times. Usually it was an auditory communication. And, of course, the times that I saw him, he was kind of fooling around with me. He was pretending to be an angel with kind of a crooked halo on his head and making kind of over-exaggerated saintly faces. So... A couple of times, I really was able to see him. So uh, a joker on the other side as well. (laughs) Definitely. He definitely retained his personality, and that's one of the things that I think that people are finding interesting about the book, is his personality is very irreverent, and he kind of has street cred, and the way he talks about the afterlife and the way he talks about life on Earth is from a different perspective. It's not it's not um, kind of dry, and it's just let, let's put it this way: it's extremely unexpected. He's a very unexpected messenger. That's what I would call Billy. Hmm. So give us an example of of something where he's coming across that way. So he talks a lot about life on Earth. And I think that for me, having been kind of a good girl, I was always waiting for the moment when life to be when life was perfect. So I have a lot of expectations of life. And that can lead to a lot of disappointment. And one of the things that Billy taught me was that really you have to have a shadow element on Earth, that life on Earth cannot exist without the shadow element. So the the sea has to have storms, the wind has to have tornadoes, and I'm much more accepting of the way life is now and also of my struggles because one of the very controversial things that Billy says is that, you know, even though he struggled with drugs and alcohol, he came to life to explore that struggle and that it's okay for us to have different struggles and we really can't judge the struggles that we have because it may be something that we signed up to do on earth. So he has a very kind it's a very kind perspective, really. Did he answer any questions as to like why we have to have the shadow here on Earth? He says it's just the nature of life on Earth, and also he talks about us coming here to do wisdom experiments. That's what he calls it. Like instead of learning, 
we're coming to write these wonderful equations that are wisdom equations. And I, I guess that the atmosphere of gravity and light and dark enables us to go through situations where we become wise. And the conditions of earth, that's where it happens. So I wonder why we would have to come to where there's darkness to become wise when, when are they not more all-knowing over there? There's definitely a different atmosphere and it's very blissful on the other side and also on the other side, the divine nature of everything is obvious. Here, not so obvious. And one of the things that we're doing here is we're searching. So we're searching for for a connection with our soul. Why we need to come into this atmosphere to do that, he never said. But that's a really good question. I'll have to ask him. (laughs) Yeah, have him get get back to me on that. (laughs) I want to know. I like that question. That that's a really good question and I have to say that really didn't come up. So I will that will be one of the questions I will ask for sure. <laughs> I think yeah. So um but you do have the opportunity then to go back and forth and ask questions and, and really dig deeper continuously. I do. Billy's still around, and it's only recently that I've begun to gather questions together to ask him because people have have questions who've read the book, and that's a really good question, like, why here? I know it has something to do with matter and something to do with gravity and very specific conditions that are here, but further than that, I really can't say. Not only that, but why the hell we need to be exploring darkness and shadow and ick in the first place? Like, okay, it's there, it sucks. You know, why can't we, why? Why do we need to? Well, what I understand, this is just a little bit that I understand, and also one of the things, Nicole, that I do understand is that we can't understand. Like, one of the things that he says is that, you know, you could try to understand things with your mind, but you never really will because the mind is very linear. And, of course, we always prefer pleasure over pain as human beings. So, you know, you say, like, why in the world would I I come to Earth to, you know, have, have kind of a painful experience and that you really don't understand? But what I do understand is that the divine evolves through our experience and the divine is always looking for something new and this is some kind of a a ground like a like like a laboratory where new things are discovered so i i believe that the divine evolves even though the divine whatever that really is is perfect in itself it also likes to change and evolve that's the closest answer that I could give you. Hmm. So God, the work in progress. Yes. 
we don't think that way and that that's the other really surprising thing about the afterlife with my meditation i think i believed that after you died you kind of became nothingness and you kind of lost your identity and you were in a sea of bliss which was okay with me that that sounded pretty good but what's surprising to me is that what billy explains or what billy is describing is is an evolutionary journey that the soul goes through after after you die and actually you change more on the other side than you than you do in life so it's all about change and it's about becoming a higher being on the other side so the whole thing is really an evolutionary journey that was very surprising to me What what specifics, what details has he told you about his evolutionary soul journey on the other side? Yeah. Well, at first he he was tended to by these loving beings and he the, one of the difference between near death experiences and the experience that he's describing is that he describes going through many different life reviews and he describes viewing his life from almost a very zen point of view a very non-judgmental view of his life so he says you know they say there's judgment day after you die but really it's the opposite you view your life in in a completely non-judgmental way and you have a deep deep understanding of everything that you've done and you also get to live out your unlived your unlived life so for example you know if you were at a crossroads with your occupation with what you were going to do as a job you get to see the job that you didn't take and what that life would have been like so you get to live out all these different lives and then he says but you know what he says at some point you don't care about it anymore because being in the afterlife in the state of bliss is much more interesting than what you left behind so he describes that he also he goes through many many different realms one of my favorite realms is called the stream of life where he's he's sitting in a pitch black area and there's a stream made of rainbow colors and the stream has a magical sound which draws him in until he just becomes part of the stream and then he says that from inside of his soul he hears these melodies and they were melodies that he created while he was on earth and he gets to hear these melodies and they really reveal to him the pleasure and the reasons like we were talking before the real reasons why we come to earth and some of it just has to do with the awe and wonder of being alive the simple things like breathing and loving and and you know looking at the flowers the very very simple pleasures of life that the pleasure of just being in a body is revealed to him at that at the stream and he goes through all these different 
realms and levels, and he evolves. So what about coming back into a body? Yes. Well, many people come back into their bodies and they evolve further. And there are also many different places in the afterlife where you can go to evolve more. So, But everyone who dies does a life review and gets to see a Buddha eye view of their life. And then they, they decide whether they're going to come back or go to another place to evolve. Or like Billy, I don't want to spoil the story too much, but he just goes on to higher and higher realms and describes them. Like one of the really beautiful things is we have something called a soul tribe. And that's really your spiritual family. And you get to reunite with your spiritual family and one of the one of the interesting things is there are many different soul tribes which explains why there are many different spiritual pathways many different ways to get to the divine because we're all different hmm what about infinity has he addressed that issue with you Yes, and he says even in infinity there is time, but time is measured not as it's measured on earth. It's not measured by clocks or the earth turning, but it's measured by change. Everything is about change. So you're in a moment and you're fully into the moment. One of the things he says is, you know, you're never... You're never thinking about what you don't have on the other side. You're so into the experience that you're into, and that gives you the feeling of infinity and and eternity because really time, the way we experience on earth, has to do with our minds. And on the other side, you're really having experiences more than thoughts. You're just in the moment. How is it that he um, contacts you now, or do you contact him, or is it kind of a willy-nilly thing, or how, how does that communication continue now? Well, he's very much in charge of it. I don't call Billy because he's definitely in charge of the affair, and actually, I think he's he's I know he's very involved in. Um, in the book because people report to me often that while they're reading the book they actually can feel Billy's presence and the experiences that I've recorded from Billy other people are also able to have an experience when they when they read his words so I believe that he's doing a lot of things that I'm not even aware of. So it's it's like the book has become the vehicle for his continuation here in some manner. Beautifully said. Yes, 
beautifully said. And it's really interesting because I have this um, very active Facebook page and, you know, people write comments and they write more to Billy than they do to me, (laughs) (laughs) which I get a really big kick out of. Thank you, Billy. Great, Billy. How are you, Billy? (laughs) Oh, and your sister. (laughs) So That's lovely. I love it. You know, it's like he's really alive to people and um that that's the most thrilling amazing part to me and you know he's kind of a stand-in for everybody it's it's a pretty universal story and even if you know even if someone doesn't have the ability to hear from their own loved ones on the other side the fact that I can hear from Billy really means that everyone is everyone is eternal. We all go on, and that's a really important aspect of the message. So how does he reach you now, and how do you know he's around? Because I hear him talking to me. You know, I never know where or when. A lot of times it's very early in the morning. That seems to be his favorite time because... I guess my mind isn't as active and everything is quiet. And um, he's definitely still around. I'm sure he's going to be someday writing another book. I'm more resistant than he is. Um, I'm still working with this book. I feel like it's it's too early. But, um, no, he's he's definitely around. He's definitely around. And I also can feel kind of like the whole world gets a little brighter when he's around, more alive, like the leaves on the trees seem to glow from inside and the light brightens up a bit. There's a different atmosphere when he's around. I would say it has to do with the quality of the light changes. Well, it sounds like your consciousness is being heightened and altered. Yes, it's almost like, you know, like the top of your head expands and you're not so much in your thinking mind, but you just feel your consciousness expand. One of the things that he talks about in the book is how much more we are than what we think we are and that we are literally, literally every cell in our body was made on a star. So the same consciousness that runs the whole universe is embedded in our bodies, in our cells. And if you just think about that and if you just look at, you know, pictures of the universe, knowing that, it expands your consciousness. And that's kind of how I feel when he's around, much more expanded. Hmm. Has he explained, I mean, you know, since you've been able to interact, like some of the big stuff, the big questions, like what's the point of existence? He says many different things about that. One of the things that he says is, again, it's to gain wisdom. It's to gain wisdom. And also, I would say that if I was going to, sum up his philosophy in a way it would be to teach us to suffer a little less and to enjoy ourselves more and having been the good girl 
I've changed a little bit, and I think I definitely have learned to enjoy myself more because his message is very, very, very empowering. And it's empowering because we're taught so many things in life or so many ideas that we have really don't belong to us. And Billy points to a search of self-honesty and self-empowerment and knowing that really you have it inside of you. And once you start living from a place of self-empowerment, your life changes a lot. And I think one of the things is to learn to trust yourself and to see through your own eyes. And maybe that's one of the big reasons why we're here. And also I think just to experience the miracle of being alive because, you know, everybody talks about purpose in life and I really understand that. But Billy also talks about something that he calls the purposeless purpose of existence, which is just to experience the miracle of being alive because in a way it really is a miracle. If you if you pause for a moment and you you know, you get out of your daily habits because we're very habitual creatures and just realize, you know, that that you're here, you're alive. It's 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 a wonderful miracle. Has he talked to you about, or have you asked him about what the true nature of reality here on Earth is and what's truly possible? One of the things that he says is that he talks about quantum and he talks about choosing the truth for yourself, that there is no one reality. So it may be about something for you and it may be about something very different for me. And I don't think that there is an absolute answer except within. And my my truth is not necessarily your truth. And that also explains why there are many soul tribes. So I think each person has to decide what life is about for themselves, what has meaning for themselves, because it's very different for different people. I don't think there's one answer. Hmm. The uh, soul tribes, um, is it a given? Uh, do you know that whoever is in your life tribe is part of your soul tribe? Yeah, well, when you meet someone, you know when you meet someone who you just feel an automatic kinship with, that person is probably part of your soul tribe but your soul tribe is big so it's not like you meet when you're on earth your entire soul tribe but when you feel that "Mm, i know this person from some place they're probably from your soul tribe and people from other tribes have new information to give you while you're on earth so it's really good to interact with different tribes but once you're on the other side, the reunion with your soul tribe is a very important step. And it's really nice because some people on earth get along very well with their families. And some people feel kind of displaced. 
So it's nice to know that everyone really does have a place of deep belonging where they feel very, very much at home. Hmm. So how has your life changed with this connection and new experience? I've become extremely independent, very skeptical in that I think very much for myself. I'm definitely kind of a cosmic detective exploring things, exploring the nature of reality for myself, thinking about, you know, really what is my life about and wanting to share wanting to share the story, I think more than anything, that, you know, what if, what if there really are other realms? And what if you really have a soul? And what if there really is a world beyond this one? What does that really mean to us? Because we're eternal beings now. And so when you know that you go on, it really shifts your focus. It affects your level of fear a lot, you're not as afraid of things, and you go after your dreams more and you make your life interesting. I think it has a lot to do with enjoyment of what is and not looking for life to always be a certain way. So my own life has become a lot more fluid. I'm really able to surrender to the moment and play with the moment in a very creative way instead of resisting it. If something shows up that I may have preferred not not having it show up, I'm much more able to kind of play with it and, and be the creator of the moment when I surrender to the moment. So, Annie, if Billy was here now, what would be his... Uh closing note, most important message to the News for the Soul audience listening today? I think that the most important message would be to really understand that you are are a divine, eternal being and that you will go on and that death is a great adventure and if you lose some of your fear of death, not only will you have a better death, but you will have a much better life as well. Hmm. Well, on that note, uh, that was absolutely lovely. And uh, let's give out the info. I just want to let everyone know we've got you all linked up right on our homepage, including to your website where they can find out about the book. But um, that's right on newsforthesoul.com. But uh, what would you like to let people know about the book and how they can get it and anything else you've got going on? Yeah, you could download a free chapter at the website. And also, please go to the Facebook page, Afterlife of Billy Fingers, because there's a lot of conversation there. There's a lot of Billy wisdom with pictures. You could really get get a flavor for what it's all about there. And the book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, the publisher is Hampton Roads. And you could order from any bookstore if they don't already have it.
Oh, there we go. I lost my microphone there. I'm back. <laughs> okay. Well, it was yeah. a great pleasure and honor to spend some time with you today here and, and find out about Billy's story. And I uh, wish you all the best. And, you know, when you have a chance to ask him those questions for me, I'd love to connect with you again. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks, Annie. Take care. All the best. You too. All right, so that was Annie Kagan, The Afterlife of Billy Fingers, How My Bad Boy Brother Proved to Me There Was Life After Death. All linked up at our homepage, newsforthesoul.com. And, uh, wow, I always love to hear about the uh, afterlife stories. On that note, let's revisit a classic replay of the one and only, my original... You're listening to News for the Soul Radio, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained since January 1997. We'll be right back with more in a moment. But first, I'd like to tell you about an amazing opportunity to tell our listeners about what you do. We're currently looking for like-minded services and products to feature in our upcoming Gifts for the Soul series. If what you have to offer can change lives, then we want to hear from you. Go to newsforthesoul.com right now and send us an email. That's newsforthesoul.com. You're listening to News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio since January 1997. We'll be right back with more in a moment. But first, I'd like to tell you about an amazing opportunity to tell our listeners about what you do. We're currently looking for like-minded services and products to feature in our upcoming Gifts for the Soul series. If what you have to offer can change lives, then we want to hear from you. Go to newsforthesoul.com right now and send us an email. That's newsforthesoul.com. And gifts for the soul are what we're talking about right now as well. Um, We started this tradition on News for the Soul many years ago and ran it for over a decade or so at least. And somehow we kind of forgot about it over the recent years and we're dusting it off and bringing it back because it was really important about getting into a conscious mindset around the automatic uh, programmed holiday gift-giving events and the challenge is to make every gift you give be potentially life-changing and we are providing some options for you to look at in the gifts for the soul series 2023 because it's back now and our next gift for the soul comes to you from another one of our current news for this whole host Brenda Davis-Matz. Uh, let's bring her on and find out what her gift is. Hi, Brenda. How are you doing? Hi, Nicole. I'm great. How are you? I am awesome. Talking about holiday time and life-changing gifts always uh, puts me in a good mood. So what is your official gift for the soul? Oh, my gosh. I just love that you're doing this. It just I'm thrilled. <laughs> especially with the energies that we have going on um, through the collective. So 
my gift for the soul is really connecting uh, people, animals, and nature to their own version of connected living, whatever that is. And through the modalities that I have of uh, being a um, Karuna Reiki master, to being a light language channel, to working with essential oils, uh, to really uh, helping people uh, find their path, connecting animals to their path, um, whether it is through uh, physical healing, mental, emotional. Um, it really is a journey uh, unique to each individual. And as we come into this season, it's so important to really look at your own personal gifts and how you can apply them into the world around you. And whether you're looking to work with an animal that uh, needs a little more care uh, on some level or yourself, I mean, this really is a time for not only self-care but recognizing the needs of others. And, you know, when people are buying these gifts, um, you know, no matter what it is, oftentimes, you know, I think ultimately people want to buy something that is meant well for someone else, you know, kind of like you would like it yourself or something like that. But I think we're stepping into um, kind of a, a new energy. You know, you say you were dusting this off a little bit, but I think it's just perfect timing for uh, mm. the energies that we have where we're really connecting to uh, not only what others need, but the feeling of that, you know, that heartfelt, um, empowered sense of giving uh, from that authentic space. So really, you know, my gift for the soul encompasses uh, whatever's needed for the soul, you know, whether you're looking for someone else uh, on that journey or applying it to your own uh, needs. Does that make sense? <laughs> well, let's get specific and laser in on, on what that yeah. means. So um, yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> so, so really, if you are uh, on the journey of trying to find uh, your own life path and purpose or healing yourself in some way physically, um, it could be an emotional uh, type of healing that's needed as well. I mean, whatever's transpiring in your own personal world my modalities assist others in connecting to those special places that each one of us have. And if you are working with animals, uh, you know, in that respect, looking for um, more support if your animal, whether it's behavioral, whether you have some physical ailment, whatever that is, and it's, you know, I work with large animals, small animal. it really doesn't um, matter. We're all unique beings. So, uh, so specifically, it's a healing session working with you. That's the gift for the soul we're talking about. Yes, yes. And it okay. would be, and I do <laughs> groups as well as, um, as individual connections as well. So, uh, yes, yeah, so it is. It is a healing session. I guess you could say that uh, all in one. But it, it really, I look at it more of like connected living. And I think, um, you know, some people, uh, individuals may consider it a healing session, but it really is a journey in connecting to 
more of yourself, and then the healing comes along. It's just sort of like you show you show an individual the way, and then you pick up on it and you carry on from there, and then you become more empowered and more understanding of your own personal gifts. Awesome. So a connected living energy session. How does that sound? Yes. I love <laughs> we have that. to label it. I love that, yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, it's Good. hard to put a, a real label onto it because of its, um, you know, the capacity. So, but yes. But we did it. <laughs> and we're here. We did All it, right. yes. So. Yes. <laughs> so you're you're speaking of the different uh, applications you can have, which is pretty wide range. How does it work for people? Let's get into the mind of the gift giver. Um, you know, uh, how do they know if what's if it's appropriate for someone? Oh, that's a great question. They wanted to gift. So. Any anyone can think of someone that they know that needs um, needs assistance in some way. You know, I mean, you can always think of somebody like, oh, um, you know, they they are very tense and tight, or you know, it could be just as simple as just being uh, anxious or uh, stressed out in some way. Especially, you know, this time of year. My goodness, it's not hard to get that way, but when you also see somebody that's really either struggling or trying to find uh, some balance, that's when you know that this would apply. Um, The support of the Reiki, uh, Karuna, translates to compassion. And the Holy Fire is really this uh, beautiful innate energy as it is um, uh, utilized helps an individual really connect to their own process and clear whatever's needed. Um, With regard to the light language, the channeling, that also is, you know, a a power-packed energy that helps an individual connect to what they need. So when you're looking for a gift for someone, these modalities assist you in whatever you need from the um, lightest of assistance to the most intense. So really it's, it's uh, an all-purpose, if you will. Um, how open-minded or experienced with energy does the gift receiver need to be? Matter if you understand what that information is or not. Uh, If it feels right and resonates, um, that's always my suggestion. If something feels right and it resonates to you, then that's really where you go with it. So if you don't quite understand it, and for me it's really hard to put into uh, words many times. Uh, You know, most of the individuals that do come to me are through word of mouth, and I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody say, well, go talk to Brenda. I really can't tell you what she does, but <laughs> she does it. Uh-huh. And it just seems to work out that way. So I've never really tried to um, contain it, um, but if an individual really resonates to it, then that would be kind of your call to step forward and explore more. 
Okay, good. Um, so do you have a specific holiday special? Like how does the offering of the Connected Living Energy Session work? Yes. As a matter of fact, if you want to use the coupon code GFTS at checkout, uh, my one-hour sessions are $111 from the original 199 And so that magic number of 111 really uh, creating that, that trinity flow of energy. Mm. And, if, and for those that are also interested and not really sure what to pick if you don't want to just do that one-hour session, there are options available, but you'll have to contact me privately and I will be doing a 20% off gift certificates through until uh, the end of December. So if you are looking for something um, that is kind of out of this world, it is a beautiful way to either help yourself or help others um, find that space that they need for healing in whatever capacity. Yes, and that's that's something to consider too. Gifting yourself, <laughs> absolutely. That's a good thing. Always absolutely. good when it's a life changing gift. Don't have to feel guilty about that for one second. All right, good stuff. Never. So the main thing is we have to clearly define how they can connect with you. So how do they connect with you or, or the cart you mentioned? Absolutely. So you can go to my website at brendadavismats dot com. That's B R E N D A. D-A-V-I-S-M-A-T-Z dot com and then choose the one hour session. Use coupon code G-F-T-S at checkout and you'll get that one hour session for $111. If you hit the contact me um, part of that on the website, then just contact me privately and let me know that you've heard uh, this information on News for the Soul and you can connect to that 20% off gift certificate. And then um, we'll just connect uh, privately after that to, to coordinate those details. Um, and I can do that. But, um, and two, if you have more you know, questions you know, about my work, uh, the modalities, maybe checking out those social media feeds uh, to see, you know, to explore more for yourself or to connect on a deeper level um, for you or others, uh, you can find those connections uh, on my website at brendadavismats.com. So that's it. Beautiful. It's easy as that. Yeah. And that is easy because you're also linked up at newsforthesoul.com, and uh, the links will be right by this show link that you're listening to if you're in the archives already. And uh, love it. Love your gift for the soul, Brenda, and thank you so much for bringing it to the the program this year. Yes, thank you, Nicole, for having it. It's been it's been so great to talk to you, and I'm so excited that you're doing this. Thank you so much. Yay, changing lives. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, it Brenda. BrendaDavisMats.com, or find her at NewsForTheSoul.com, and we'll be back with more after this. You're listening to News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio since January 1997. We'll be right back with more in a moment. But first, I'd like to tell you about an amazing opportunity to tell our listeners about what you do. We're currently looking for like-minded services and products to feature in our upcoming Gifts for the Soul series. If what you have to offer can change lives, then we want to hear from you. Go to newsforthesoul.com right now and send us an email. 
That's newsforthesoul.com. Reporting from the leading edge of humanity's consciousness evolution since 1997, this is News for the Soul, the number one life-changing talk radio show in the world, according to Google, AOL, MSN, Alexa, and YouTube, and home to the largest, totally free, life-changing media library in the world. News for the Soul is syndicated on the air, on the web, and beyond, and found online at newsforthesoul.com. Now, here's your host, the one News for the Soul listeners are calling the Oprah of the Internet, Nicole Whitney. We've seen a human dematerialize more than 1,000 times. It's not a rare phenomenon. And the reason that people can dematerialize is because a human body, when it's not in its sort of solid state, is in a hazy wave state, and it's not solid at all. And so that's why people come and dematerialize. So this non-solid being is sitting on a stool and they're essentially a spirit with a physical body that has all of these geometries and mathematics in them. And as the purple light goes through, them, like it's really like the, the Christ consciousness or the Buddhahood or whatever you want to call it, um, it's difficult to get into terms. But when the light goes through them, it fixes up their geometries and they get better. You're now tuned in to Nicole Whitney's News for the Soul Highlights life-changing spotlight she has shared with leading teachers in the human consciousness field since 1997. Go now to newsforthesoul.com to hear the full shows totally free. That's newsforthesoul.com. And we're live. Surprise, 10 a.m. Pacific time. We have a surprise for you today. I'm Nicole Marie Whitney. This is News for the Soul. I, <clears throat> oh, no voice, voice going away. Life-changing talk radio from the uplifting do the unexplained. Got that covered in full. Uh, we're on for several hours today, by the way, so stick around. Uh, but we're starting out with something really exciting because he's up to good stuff. And I know Kerry O'Connor and I have been talking about him quite a bit lately, so his ears have probably been burning. Well, it's Stuart Wilde. Anything could have been burning. Um, <laughs> so he should need no introduction whatsoever. Evolutionary, metaphysical, wild guy, author and leader, and always floating around on the outer limits of the known consciousness of humankind. I don't know how else to describe him. He's here, he's now. Stuart Wilde, welcome back to News for the Soul. Hi, am I on line with you? Because I was on your caller line before. Yeah, you're can totally you on me? the line with I can totally hear you. Cool. Um, <laughs> do you think you could sort of like. Um, talk for a minute while I call you back on a phone card because okay, I'm in a really I'll, I'll expensive hotel and they're going to charge me five bucks a minute, you know? Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. So well, can you, you um, tell them something interesting and I'll call you back like, like within 30 seconds? Yeah. yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, bye-bye now. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> interesting. I will uh, tell you about what's going on here. How about that? 
first of all, for the next hour, God willing, we'll get Stewie back on here in a second, and we will have our conversation for the next hour with Stuart Wallace to what's going on, because he's suddenly popped up here in Vancouver out of, well, unexpectedly, and he's got some cool things going on, as Carrie O'Connor's been telling us about. Uh, she went actually with him in Vegas <laughs> about uh, two weeks ago. This has got to be good. You know, it's good. It's Vegas works its way into the story with Stuart Well. So we're going to talk about that for the next hour. Then we have open lines. So that's where we're at right now. And that, okay, Stewie's having trouble calling back in. I'm going to go to a commercial and we'll get Stuart on the line. Hang on. How would you like to learn how to bend metal with your mind for real? Well, you can. News for the Soul is home to the one and only Spoon Bending Kit, an instantly downloadable digital gift that contains two hours of audio and visual instructions designed to get your mind out of the way and teach you how to truly affect solid matter just with your thoughts. Find out once and for all how you are affecting your reality with every thought you think. Don't let anything block you from creating the life that you want. Download the newsforthesoul.com spoon bending kit today. Just go to newsforthesoul.com right now and click on the bent spoon. That's newsforthesoul.com. We're still working on getting Stuart back on here. He's having trouble with his calling card. <laughs> so stand by, Stuart Wilde, on News for the Soul, God willing. Okay, let's see if we've got him back on. Stuart, yeah, hello, yeah, I wound up news? in the host queue, and um, I was going, hello, 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 I didn't get you. Oh, my gosh, you were hosting your own show. <laughs> but I'll tell you what was weird. I got a phone card from the 7-Eleven, and when I punched in the uh, the code, it said it's an invalid card. So oh that God. took me five minutes. <laughs> anyway, listen, nice to talk to you. I haven't talked to you for ages and ages and ages, but we did some shows together years ago, didn't we? We many yes we did yeah. for going going quite a ways back you know it's yeah before the flood yeah I know so you're you're all I've been talking to Carrie O'Connor of course she's a regular weekly guest on News for the Soul and she's been telling me all about um, yeah um, Nicole listen your voice is breaking up so I'm only getting little bits of stuff are you on a mobile or something no I'm I'm just gonna switch my headset hang on okay. Uh, I love the technical things these days. Boy, oh, boy. It's just yeah, no, that's loud and clear now. That's an improvement. Thank you. Oh, um, okay. So you were talking about Kerry O'Connor. Yeah, she's a good friend, and she came over to Ireland for a few weeks, and uh, she got to hang out with me and other people, and, um, yeah, it was really, really good. You know, Chris Krebsick of thehoodedsage.com was there and so forth. Yeah, well, she was saying that you're up to some very interesting things, so I'm, I'm just bursting to get the latest Stuart Wilde news. Well, so I'll tell you what, okay, here's the story, Morning Glory. <laughs> um, I saw this great light come into my hands about maybe six months or a year ago, and I could see it with my eyes shut, inner sight, and I could see it with my eyes open, in a normal sight. And then I saw these visions that told me to go and put my hands on people and, you know, offer them a kind of spiritual renewal, a blessing, a healing, you know. So I started trotting around Ireland and um, I went to a place, a sacred well called St. Patrick's Well, and then the committee threw me out. They didn't want me there. <laughs> so I went to other places and I've been doing healings in Canada and, um, uh, you know, just various spots. I'm going to go to Italy and do them in Rome at the Vatican. And... Um, <laughs> I posted all on my site, you know, stuartwild.com with a U S T U A R T, so people can follow along if they come. I've done 2,411 so far, so I'm wow. motoring. Yeah. 
You are motoring, I know. And I yeah, know, that's in about time. six weeks or eight weeks. You know, I, haven't, I mean, I haven't started that long ago. You know. And you were in Vegas. Yeah, I was in Vegas. I had 705 people, and I did a short healing on all of them, and then I did a much longer healing. So I kind of did 1,410 healings there. Yeah. So tell me about the healing itself. What is it? What, what's going on? Well, what it is is well, I have to back up and tell you something else. Like two and a half years ago. I saw this light. I was in Vancouver, actually, on the water, an apartment on the water, uh, facing Gravel Island, and I saw this light appear in the room, and it was strobing all around the room. It looked like an oval football, and it was going ping, 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 and it was there for like five hours. And I saw the Christ consciousness and the solar logos and hosts of angels, many things, you know. And at the end of that series of visions, and there were four other people in the room, they saw it as well. I got stigmata through my hands and my feet. And it's the sensation of nails or skewers going through your skin. It's extraordinarily painful. And it's been raging for like two and a half years. It's eased off about, eased off a little bit now, but it's still going. And um, it was really, really strange. You know, I really didn't know what was happening, but I was very calm and composed. And I saw visions and stuff that helped me. And it was after the sort of pain of the stigmata thing for two and a half years that the light came into my hands so it wasn't sort of like imagined or um uh hold on a second i don't know how to operate this bloody system hold on a second <laughs> oh god if i cut you off i don't dare cut you off can you hear that phone ringing i can hear but you know what that's good just let it ring okay yeah. Yeah, because I haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue how to operate these things. We don't want to lose you now. It's just no, I'm totally technologically challenged. I mean, I can't work a toaster, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway, it was after the stigmata um, came and went. I mean, it went day and night for 24, 24-7. And sometimes it was so excruciating, I'd have to lie on my bed and sort of meditate my way through it for an hour. Anyway, then after all of that, the light came. And essentially, it's a purple light, and it goes inside people and it changes their fractal codes, it changes their geometries and the mathematics of their body because humans are essentially lots and lots of little boxes like pixels on a photograph and those boxes contain codes like geometries and mathematics and tubes, you know? And uh, so this light goes through the person and where there's black, let's say, because they have some dysfunction in their body, it changes the code from black to purple and they get better. And I've you know, I've done healings on leukemia and brain tumors and asthma and uh, autism, uh, gout. I published on my site a few days ago and 25 other diseases. But when I'm working on them, I don't know necessarily what's wrong with them. They may be troubled, psychiatrically troubled. I got one guy out of an insane asylum and he called me from the asylum and I told him what to tell the doctors to call him into letting him out. And he, he did that and they let him go. And then he came to Ireland and he stayed with me and I did a healing on him. I mean, he was absolutely demonically possessed. He was completely around the bend. And he was cured and he went off to Switzerland and got a lovely job at 120000 a year. <laughs> well, you have been busy. Yeah. So, what, where, why is this happening, first of all? Well, my old teacher said 45, 35, 40 years ago that when this great darkness falls upon the world, because he knew all about the fascists and all this stuff that's going on now with, you know, the arrests without trial and wars and all that stuff. He said when all that darkness comes around, which it has to come around because the human shadow has to come out and people have to see how ugly it is. He said that when the shadow and this darkness falls upon the earth, that the eternal Tao and the feminine spirit would come back to earth 
and uh, as to compensate for the darkness. And so I think that why now is because the world is going ever more degraded and ever more, you know, uh, broken down, and it's it's just being ruled by these sort of fascists that uh, are not even American. I mean, they come from another place. Uh, are you there, Nicole? I'm here. Are you, you have there? You say something now, like, <laughs> well, that's jolly boring, too, or something like that. I don't know what. Say whatever you want to say. <laughs> well, you know, hasn't the darkness always been here? We're just seeing it now? I mean, do you mean the fall? Yeah, I mean, it, it, certainly it, was here. it was certainly here during the war and stuff like that with Hitler. And, and before, the, in the Dark Ages, when we think it was here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, we're approaching the end time, and uh, so this is a sort of final phase, a, recap- a recapitulation of evil, and then a recapitulation of the Christ consciousness, the solar logos, and goodness. And the solar logos is essentially a celestial light, and I was watching it like a couple of years ago, and I saw it coming into land, you know, and uh, when it landed, I translated it into this massive electrical transformer that was the size of like a small house. But essentially that light is here now and uh, the Christ consciousness is in there and the Buddhahood and and the light of the you know the gods and the angels and the feminine spirit and Gaia it's all there inside this solar logos. And so it landed and now we get the benefit from it. All right. So is there did this light or this vision is it just did it just come to you? No, no, other people have seen it, like many, many, many have seen it. And sometimes they write emails and explain what they've seen and so forth. And Chris Krebsik, thehoodedsage.com, he writes about it. And uh, and uh, it's a common thing. I mean, there's many, many, many visionaries and psychics and teachers that can see that light now. You know, it's it's common to all of us. It's not, a, uh, it's not an exclusive anything, you know? <laughs> so what do you... Uh, oh, are other people doing healings with it? That I don't know about. Um, that I don't know about. I've got no idea because there was um, there was a, a, a doctor that came to me and I held his hands for 20 minutes and then he went off and did healings and he cured a lady of uh, multiple sclerosis by just putting his hands upon her and she went off to the hospital and she had a scan and the lesions in her brain weren't there anymore. So I have transferred it to two people by just holding their hands and the doctor was the most spectacular transfer. But yeah, there's no exclusive anything, you know, I mean, it's like, it's the Christ consciousness, it's everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, so, I, you know, Carrie came on and she, she said that she was blown away because you, you cured something in her head or something the first time that she got together with you, so she's been going on about it ever since. Well, and she had some something in her hand that was becoming infected and she would have had to go to the hospital for um, antibiotic injections, and yeah. after the healing, it wasn't there anymore, and so she was... Um, she was happy Terry was here. You're now tuned in to Nicole Whitney's News for the Soul Highlights. Life-changing spotlights she has shared with leading teachers in the human consciousness field since 1997. Go now to newsforthesoul.com to hear the full shows totally free. That's newsforthesoul.com. Yeah, well, you know, it's like, it, it's sort of, it's miracles, but it's not really miracles because um, it's mathematics, it's geometry. So the purple geometries and the purple mathematics go through the person's body in the space of a few minutes, and it just changes the geometry of the septic finger or it changes the geometry of the leukemia or the cancer or whatever else is, you know? So 
All of those things wow. have a geometry. They have, they have a fractal code, like the Mandelbrot set. It's all a series of geometries and fractals. We're not solid beings. You know, I've seen a human dematerialize completely, myself and others. We've seen a human dematerialize more than 1,000 times. It's not a rare phenomena. And the reason that people can dematerialize is because a human body, when it's not in its sort of solid state, is in a wavy, hazy wave state. And it's, uh, it's not solid. It's not solid at all. And so that's why people can dematerialize. So this non-solid being is sitting on a stool. And they're essentially a spirit with a physical body that has all of these geometries and mathematics in them. And as the purple light goes, through the, like it's really like the, the Christ consciousness or the Buddhahood or whatever you want to call it um, it's difficult to get into terms but when the light goes through them it fixes up their geometries and they get better so I know you were having events where you were training trying to train people to see that dematerialization for a while were people able to see it yeah yeah that's why there's a thousand you know, that's why we've seen it for a thousand times, because 200 of us have seen it five times each, let's say, you know. How do we see it without being able to train with you personally? How do, how do I see someone dematerialize? Well, I can't guarantee that somebody that hasn't trained with me can see it, because I don't know where they're at and what they believe and, you know, how balanced they are and so forth. But this, the, the inner side comes from softness. It comes from kindness and calm. And it comes from the trance state. So you have got to be able to meditate and hold the, the sort of theta trance state for cycles a second. And then those inner worlds open up. But they only open up as much as you open up. And they only open up as much as you can purify your life, you know. So the inner sight is usually denied to people that are... That, that are sort of unprocessed and that haven't worked upon themselves and their shadow and they haven't developed that kind of generosity and charity and kindness in their soul. You know, you have to have a good soul to see. So you're getting all of these, these you've got this light coming to you, you're being guided to travel around. Have you, have you had many visions as to, you know, where things are at and where they're going in this transitional time? Well, I've seen lots and lots of sort of visions of the destruction of Jerusalem and so forth um, mm. and I've seen visions of the collapse of the stock exchange and the sort of American political system and so forth so we're living in a precarious time because things could go belly up at, at any time I mean right now the stock exchange is sort of being pumped by the Federal Reserve and they're sort of yep. pumping it up no matter what the news is but once the election's over it could easily come down and then again if there was a massive earthquake tomorrow somewhere like california or if a meteor hit new york you can see the stock exchange collapse overnight so we're in an age where the shadow is coming out the goodness is building to compensate for the shadow and then the systems of 3d like wall you know wall street and so on that's so like corrupt and manipulated those systems eventually fall apart because everything has to return to a sort of order a beauty you know it's like Gaia the spirit of the earth is here to restore the natural balance of things so you're still seeing that sort of process going on um, what are, on the other end of the scale with this light coming in and other stuff on that end of the scale what are you seeing for the future well you don't get to see like, you know, 10 and 20 and 30 years ahead, but I don't believe that the world will end in 2012, you know? The Mayan culture was extraordinarily rinky-dink. I mean, I don't know if people know that, but it sort of covered just maybe a thousand miles of Central America. And they were very cruel. They were black magicians, and they had these blood sacrifices and tens of thousands of slaves, and they would chop 
people's heads off at the top of the pyramids and roll them down the hill. And um, what happened to the Mayans was that in the end, the slaves rose up and they slaughtered the kings and the priests and the aristocracy. And they stole the gold and returned back to their families in the forest from where they were originally captured. So the Mayans couldn't really foretell their own demise. And they couldn't foretell that, like, karma would find them and they'd all be rubbed out. And uh, the fact that their calendar ends in December 2012 is, like, completely irrelevant. So I've seen visions of 2016, so we're definitely going to get past 2012. Well, we're on the same page there, that's for sure. I love that. Rinky-dink. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what, what is your most immediate communication? I mean, you're, you're being guided to go to, to all these places. You're going to the Vatican. When's that ha happening? And well, how do you think um, that's going to go? I'm doing <laughs> healings in Italy, in Turin, on October the 14th, and I'm in Volterra on October the 16th, and I'm just waiting to confirm with a contact of mine in Rome. So I would say October the 18th, I'll be in Rome, right there in front of the Vatican, where the obelisk is. Well, I've seen loads of visions of the collapse of the Catholic Church and its rebirth, its, its reconstitution. Once all the pedophiles and the black magicians are tossed out, it'll become new. There'll be a new pope, and uh, it'll come clean in the end, you know, because it is a great inspiration for many religious people. Albeit, the dogma and all of that is very simplistic, but it's what they believe and it helps them. But we need to clean the gaff up, you know, we need sort of Schwarzenegger to go around and clean house. Oh, I'd pay money to see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's happening here in Vancouver then? Uh, it was on the 20th, right? Yeah, I've got some healings on the 20th. I only send it out to the Stuart Wilde A-list people because I've okay. got so many readers in Vancouver and so many people know me here that I was scared of getting swamped. And I could do about 80 healings in two hours. And um, I didn't want 500 people coming, so I didn't post it to my site. Now, it's faintly possible, and I have pre-booked the healing, the rooms that I've had to rent for Saturday afternoon. And if I go ahead with Saturday, I will post it on my stuartwild.com site Thursday night. But the Thursday healings are just for the people that I emailed on the A-list because I was scared, man. I was scared 500 people were going to show up, you know? Which and could I, totally could happen, yes. Which could easily <laughs> happen. And I just don't want to disappoint people and I don't want them getting angry and I don't want them jostling and fighting each other. And, you know, there's only a limit to how many I can do. When I do the healings, I usually do two hours because when I put my hands on people, I have to concentrate ferociously. If I have any slight you know, interruption in my mind, I have to start again. So if I'm doing a healing and I suddenly think, oh my God, did I leave the iron on? I have to start <laughs> again. So then to concentrate, you know, on 80 people for two hours is quite a sort of effort. And I find that at the end of the two hours, I'm really fried and I can't really go on much past that. I can sometimes take a half hour break and then do one more hour, but I'm limited to how many I can do at any one time. This is the first time you've been guided to do healings, isn't it? Yeah, I used to do some in the past, but they were all like more people people with psychological problems or people that were demonically possessed. I've done like about 40 or 50 exorcisms. And essentially, I put my hand on the person and I scare the ghouls and the devils out of them. And that's <laughs> how I do my exorcisms. It's dead easy, really. It's like baseball backcountry, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, this is the first time that I've been sort of um, shown, 
you know, the healing thing. But again, it came from the stigmata. And when I tell people, hey, I've got stigmata, they look at me really blank and start twiddling with their dress, you know, <laughs> looking up to the sky. They don't really know what I'm talking about, but it, it's the sensation of nails going through your hands and your feet. Why do you think it would come through for you in that kind of uh, way? I mean, oh, look, I've asked that why me question, and it's kind of irrelevant, really, because, you know, it's like, and, you know, why did it go to Padre Pio? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. There was reasons for it. There must be some sort of higher reason, but mainly it's because I can stand, I can handle the pain, and I'm willing to go out and do the work afterwards. So I would say that those were the two main reasons. Because huh. so somebody else, if they got it, they'd panic, you know, and they'd be in the hospital and the doctors would say, we don't know what's wrong with you. And they would go into sort of a psychological, psychiatric mess with that kind of pain going day and night. So I think because I can handle the pain and because of meditation and trance and so forth, um, that's why I got it, you know. But I don't have any other reasons. I mean, I wasn't shown any particular reason. That's actually very true, isn't it? I mean, we would have a, a quote-unquote normal reaction if we weren't, you know, really prepared. And your health is good? Yeah, yeah, I'm very strong. I've got a lot of stamina, you know, so I'm okay. Hmm. Are you able to heal yourself when things come up or if they always, come always. up? Always, always. Yeah, always, every time. Yeah, if I have, let's say, I don't know, a pain in the gut or something, I just mentally put my hand inside my body and I say a couple of little sort of prayers because when I do the healings um, Nicole I watch for these purple hands to come up uh, you know, like a vision of a purple hand you know and I watch for them to come up nine times so when I'm touching somebody on the shoulders I watch for those visions to come up the purple hands they come up once they've come up nine times the healing's over so that could be like in 15 seconds they can come up nine times but then I go on and I do some protection prayers and stuff as well, you know, beyond the actual healing. But yeah, I can sort of do the healings in 15 seconds. And then when I have a problem, um, like, I don't know, like I had a sort of indigestion pain across the top of my chest a few days ago, I just put my hand inside my own body and I pull it out and that's it. So how much is, is it driven behind your own intentions and attention and how much is coming through you from somewhere else? Well, I don't know. I can't sort of um, be particularly accurate on that. I don't know. But I don't charge for the healings that I do, and I do not accept donations. So there's no sort of ulterior motive on the financial front. So I've done 2,411 healings free of charge. I don't charge people. Now, when people come to a gig and there's a big hotel and the promoters are paying 10000 a day, they have to charge people to provide the space. Well, that's a different thing, but the street healings and all the other healings I've done, I've never charged anybody ever, and I never will. I'm just not allowed to charge, and I don't want to charge because I don't want a person sitting on the stool thinking, how much money have I got to give this git, and will a tenant do, or should I give him 50 bucks? You know, I don't want them thinking like that. I want them to concentrate on their salvation, their redemption. I, I, I call it the spiritual healing, the second chance, and it's like, hey, you know, do you want to be absolved and and do you want absolution for your illnesses and your, you know, disquiet and your pain? Because here it is, and it isn't going to cost you anything. So what's my intention? Well, my intention actually is to flee to the pub and not come back. <laughs> so because a lot of it's a lot of hard work. It's expensive flying around and driving around to the various locations, and um, it's. Uh, 
but there's a sort of love in it. There's a kindness, and you sort of want to try to sort of be kind to people because I have a compassion for their disquiet, their energy, and their disease. So I'm kind of honoured to help them. But there's no real ulterior motive in it for me, other than the energy heals me when I'm working with it. So there's a defined benefit there. So were you you guided and told it had to be free? Well, there wasn't as if like some you know angel with flappy wings came down and said. <laughs> make it free it's just instinctively i felt like hey i didn't pay for these hands i didn't pay for this light um i just got this light from the solar locus it was given to me after a certain couple of processes i had to go through and it's not fair that i charge people for it because i never paid for it in the first place you know and you know with the economy being as it is i mean how much can you charge a person okay let's say they've got leukemia right I met a bloke in a pub that had leukemia, and I did a healing on him, and he was cured. And he went to the hospital, and they said his leukemia was non-detectable. They couldn't find it. Okay. When he's sitting there on the stool, he doesn't know who the hell I am. How much is he going to donate? Like five bucks, ten bucks? What's, you know, leukemia worth, you know? And then later on, perhaps after he was healed <laughs> from leukemia, he might want to donate, I don't know, a hundred bucks or ten thousand bucks. But... I, don't, I just don't want people getting into all that mess. You know, here, here's the light. It's free of charge. I got it for free of charge, and you can have it for nothing. So how long do you think you're going to be traveling around doing these healings? Oh, I don't know. It could be five or ten years, you know. Wow. Because I, I know you particularly are not a big fan of air travel. <laughs> well, only because, you know, I've been like 62 times around the world, the equivalent thereof, and I've been to 61 countries, and... You know, when you have to go through the airports and the security and all that stuff and the pat-downs and stuff, one guy put his hand down with trousers, you know, at the airport, one of those <laughs> TSA guys. And I said to him, I said, look, sir, any more of that, I'm going to have to charge you entertainment tax. Now, when you knock it off, you've got your hand down with bloody trousers. You're not allowed to touch me, will you? Now, F off and leave me alone, you know? So that is that stuff's you know, very disturbing. And if I was a wealthy man, which I'm not, I'd have my own little plane and I would zoom around. But, yeah, I'm not a fan of air travel. I think it's very degrading. But, hey, how are you going to get to these various places, you know? I can heal radiation in people in the cold. So I was thinking of going to Japan. I was just going to say, is that your, on your travel plans then, Japan? Well, I'm thinking about it. I mean, I don't know anything about Japan, and I don't even know if I have any... Oh, I know I've got Japanese readers, but I'm not really linked into people in Japan. But um, when people come to the healings, I test them with a Geiger counter, and we just run it across the front of their body. And we get these readings off of them for their, you know, the amount of radiation they're giving off. And on our Geiger counter system, about 30 to 40 clicks is normal and past 60 is abnormal so this lady came along and she was German and she had a reading of about 66 and I did a healing on her and then I retested her and she was down to 45 and then a young boy came to see me in Cranbrook BC and he had a reading over 60 and again he went down to like 38 40 something like that after the healing so somehow these pur this purple line the fractal codes goes through the body and removes some of the radiation and restores the person back to normal so yeah i might go to japan i don't know it's difficult i don't really know any people there you know well i'm sure someone's listening uh we have listeners there in japan and yeah. who knows is there a guidance coming through with this purple light too? like i know you there's no flappy wing angel but i just keep getting pulled back there 
Yeah, no, I mean, yes, there's a guidance in the sense that I see these visions and a lot of them are quite technical and quite a lot quite a lot of them technological, you know, they're sort of, they're complex mathematics to try to understand. It's not like I have to necessarily clunk the numbers, but I've got to understand what the pictures mean. And a mathematical formula or a geometric pattern is a code, so you have to understand what it's actually saying. And so, yes, there is a guidance trickling through, but there isn't a sort of spirit guide or Jesus or, you know, Kut Humi or Bongo Dongo, the famous Tibetan. They're nothing, no, it's just information. So I sit there and sometimes I pray, of course, you know, and ask questions, but essentially I'm praying to the four walls. So I'm going, hello, walls. Now, how do you feel about healings in Zambia next week, you know, whatever? And then the information comes flying in. So essentially it's information that it may come from some, I don't know, highfalutin spiritual place, but it doesn't seem like that to me. It just seems like visions that I see that, that emanate from my higher self. Mm-hmm. Which is so probably I've got, exactly I've got the no same thing. Claim. I'm sorry, Nicole? Which is probably exactly the same thing, just semantics and different ways of seeing it, right? Yeah, it's exactly that. It's not like, Je- I mean, I've seen hundreds of visions of Jesus. I mean, I saw one three days ago. And sometimes he's doing strange things. Like I posted on my site that um, I saw a vision of Jesus with a pig. And a pig is a symbol of the end time. Because um, when we see an apparition in the sky of an upside down pig, that's the end. So with him having the pig under his arm was a way of saying that he's a custodian of the end. But it says in Revelations that he's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. But it was a reassuring vision to think, well, it's all going to be all right. Wow. You're now tuned in to Nicole Whitney's News for the Soul Highlights life-changing spotlights she has shared with leading teachers in the human consciousness field since 1997. Go now to newsforthesoul.com to hear the full shows totally free. That's newsforthesoul.com. Yeah, did I answer your question or did I just ramble around it? I can't quite figure it out. I have no idea. Um, are Are you still writing? Yes, yes I am, yeah. At the moment I'm working on an upgrade of a book I wrote in the mid-90s called God's Gladiators. Ah. And um, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't published by my publishers, Hay House or Random House or any of the other publishers that I've had contracts with because the book was quite controversial. But um, So it was published by a very small American publishing company. A man called Mark Ellis published it. And now I'm going to do a sort of an upgraded version and, uh, and publish that. So I'm going to renew that book because it was actually, other than Plum Red, uh, which is my latest book, it was the best book I ever wrote, God's Gladiators. It was intriguing indeed. I remember speaking to you. Yeah, that's the one you wrote in a remarkably short time, isn't it? Yeah, I saw this being that appeared um, at the end of my sofa in Australia. And um, she had this digital fractal golden eye with sort of golden circuitry in her eyes and she showed me the the destruction of Jerusalem and and several other visions and then I got this feeling that she wanted me to write a book and so I started the book at 11 o'clock on Sunday night and um, I wrote it and finished it at 5 p.m. on Thursday afternoon so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, less than four days and that was it. I wrote for 23 hours a day and then I would have a steam bath and a cup of coffee and an egg sandwich and I'd meditate for 20 minutes and then I'd write for 23 hours again. So I, I wrote the book in four days, more or less non-stop, with four hours rest. Steam bath and an egg sandwich. <laughs> That's it. Steam bath, wow. egg sandwich and a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. 
Okay, so when is that uh, re revised version going to be ready for us? Well, it'll be done in a week or two, and then it has to go to the printer. I mean, before Christmas we should have it, you know. And then I'm thinking of about another, one more book. I mean, I've just bought out a book called Plum Red, which people say is very beautiful. I mean, it's not for me to say it's beautiful, but people say it's very beautiful. And it's sort of spiritual teachings presented as stories from the time of like 250 to 500 BC. And it's stories of the Taoist sages and one particular order of Taoist sages that were known as the um, sages of the plum red robes and so that's why the book's called plum red but it's not in the shops at the moment because we're having difficulty getting distribution and so forth but um, if people click it they'll find it uh, we have another site called the sacred tears of Gaia.com and they can buy it mail order from there Excellent. I just want to remind people, because I'm getting 8 million emails here, it's all on linked up on our homepage. Oh, newsforthesoul.com. You've been here a while, off and on, over the years. Many times we've talked. So, oh, intriguing many conversations. Times. Many, many times. And, and you know, i got to say, I think you're one of my favorite human beings. Thank <laughs> you very much. That's very kind of you. How long are you in Vancouver for? Oh, I've been here for three weeks, on and off, and I've been around to Cologne. I did a bunch of healings in Cologne and Cranbrook and so forth. So I'll probably be here like a week, ten days more, and then I have to flee because I've got to go work. Got to go to work. Oh, it's so love to be able to get together with you while you're in town. Call Ryan for the for the phone number because I don't want to get you over there. Okay. No, of course. Yes, indeed. You'd have a lot of calls, but that would be great if we can connect, and and I'd love to. Experience. Yeah, we can. If we can't do it this time, I'll be coming back. So uh, we'll do it next time. I'm sure within a month or two I'll be back here because there's so much stuff going on here at, the, at, the, at this time, you know. And yeah. I'd like to do healings in Victoria Island. Uh, is that what it's called? No, what, what's it called? Vancouver Island, isn't it? Yeah. Vancouver Island, yes. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. And, uh, do you get drawn where the healings are needed most? I think there is some inner system that draws me to places, but I'm not aware of it, you know. Very interesting. Well, I mean, I might get an impulse... For example, I had this impulse to do some healings in London, in Battersea Park, where the Golden Buddha is. And I typed it out, and suddenly it disappeared from the software. It wasn't there. So I had a little bit of a sort of irritation and a slight, and it threw me dolls out the pram and put the bloody thing back in again. <laughs> and it flipped out a second time. And then I thought, right, one more time, this is it. It cannot possibly blip out. And the third time I put London and the details, it blipped out a third time. So I decided I'm not supposed to do London, not at the moment anyway. So for the software to suddenly just accidentally blip itself out, and it was yeah. an article on Irish healings and Italian healings and so forth. It wasn't like the whole article disappeared, just those couple of sentences that referred to London, and they disappeared three times. So, yeah, maybe there is a guiding system that goes, delete, <laughs> delete. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I don't want it to make it sound like... I don't want to make it sound, Nicole, like there's any specialness involved. You know, the light is for everybody. And yes, I've garnered this light in my hands because of the stigmata. But, and so what? You know, who cares? You know, it's only a matter of whether the lady sitting on the stool is going to be cured of her pains, you know, or the gentleman. That's all. That's all that matters. It's all about the humans and their pain. It's nothing to do with anything else, you know. Well, I would just so love to experience this light and uh, be able to tell everyone, you know, what's going on from a different perspective. And let's get together when we can, Stuart. Yeah, well, look, if you want to come to the healings tomorrow, call Ryan and he'll give you the address. He's going to have to ask me for it, but if <laughs> I get an email from him asking me for the address, then come along. It's 12.30 to 3.30. Okay. 
right. Tomorrow. Sounds like a beat. Yeah, it, right. near near where we met before, you know. Okay. Yes, I got it. All okay, right, perfect. <laughs> I feel very surreptitious. <laughs> well, the problem is, is I don't always, want to uh, keep us in the loop. Yeah, I don't want to deny people, but I'm so terrified. You know, like one day five thousand people are going to rock up. You know, I mean, I'm That's just nice. terrified of five hundred people rocking up because I can only do eighty in two hours. Now, I don't know, if I see some visions that allow me to sort of zip through 500 people, pinging them, then I could up my, <laughs> up my quota. But at the moment, I'm limited to this sort of hands-on. Well, I do people two at a time, and they take sort of a couple of minutes each uh, because, you know, I use one hand with one person and one hand on the other person's shoulder. And, um, and, and doing that, I could do 40 an hour, 80 in two hours, and that's it, you know. That's it. Cool. That's well, it, I will. I will try to be there, and I so appreciate you being here today, Stuart. It's always a great pleasure. Thank you very much. StuartWild.com will keep you posted on, and, and keep us in the loop as things evolve. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I write my blog every day, and there's two or three articles every day, and some of them are teaching articles, and some are sort of things on lucid dreams. And the day I posted a funny one about the Mormons and their underpants. <laughs> Well, you know the Mormons believe they have magical underpants, and I saw so I did a Mormon <laughs> magical underpants story. I literally never know what you're going to say next. I love that. <laughs> well, the thing is, is I like to write I like to write humor into my stuff because some people take spirituality and the journey and metaphysics and religion they take it really seriously, and there's nothing serious, you know. God's mm -hmm. a comedian, you know. She's very funny. You have to have a sense of humor. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to have a sense of humor to be God, wouldn't you? So, yeah, no, she's a funny person. And so I just want it all to be light and breezy and normal. You know, spirituality is the act of becoming ever more normal. That's what it is. It's becoming natural and returning to Gaia and your nature self and the normality of things rather than, you know, wandering around with a diaper on your head clanking a bell. Not to say that that's wrong. But it's all a bit over the top, do you see? <laughs> it's a thing that you have to evolve through eventually. One day you look at the diaper and you think, this is absolutely silly. Why is this on my head and why am I clanking a bell? And you go to the pub instead. <laughs> there you go. Stuart Wells. In God a nutshell. Thanks, Stuart. Yeah, Take bye care. Bye now. We'll see you soon. All right, stick around. We're just getting started today. That was, by the way, if you missed the intro, Stuart Wild, StuartWild.com, the one and only. And uh, more on that to come. You are now tuned in to Nicole Whitney's News for the Soul Highlights, life-changing spotlights she has shared with leading teachers in the human consciousness field since 1997. Go now to NewsForTheSoul.com to hear the full shows totally free. That's newsforthesoul.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.